Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Antonio Conte, who is now in at Tottenham, back in English football today. Welcome into the Tottenham Depot. I am your host, Andrew. You could follow me at Aestetka. You could follow us at Tottenham Depot on your social media platform of choice. We've got a non-transfer pod transfer pod today. I, I think we'll we'll describe it that way. We'll start by throwing it out to at DSM Spurs. He is Scott. He wants to talk all the transfers, but I'm going to try and stop him. Scott, what's going on, man? Oh, man, I'm never missing a transfer pod. I shifted uh, some important things around for, to be here for this one, but I have... I have a long list of hypoth- hypothetical situations that you and I are going to pick apart today, Andrew. So I'm, I can't wait. Oh boy! Oh boy! I am not excited for that. <laughs> I'll just, I'll just be, I'll just be really, really plainly uh, honest with you. <laughs> the Todd Father's also with us. He is at TC underscore Kishow. Todd, what's going on, man? Hey, any day that Tottenham Hotspur um, close transfer business in uh, May uh is a good fucking day we can talk about transfer business on this part andrew because business is complete my guy hey man we got a we got a holding up of a shirt and everything uh you're right that's my policy right once i see it once i see a guy holding up a shirt that's that's when we know it's business uh and we will talk about it for sure caroline is also with us she is at cg stefko guys what's going on not too much uh i would say enjoying the nation's league but the networks have made that difficult so yeah uh but i I do think it's fair that we have at least part of a transfer show today since as todd mentioned the club have actually done a transfer believe it or not and uh you know we there's some outgoings to discuss too so looking forward to it yeah a little bit of transfer business we uh all just got done watching wales defeat ukraine one nil in the world cup uh, playoff which was really a, a, a thrilling game um exciting and and heartbreaking for ukraine obviously and uh but but also really exciting for wales what is it 64 years since they've been in the world cup and yeah we got to see gareth bale celebrating and got to see ben davis and joe rodon and um that was that was fun stuff uh, ben davis man of the match for me what a what a performance by that guy i know todd you wanted to say a few words about ben davis i know uh, yeah, yeah, unfortunately, he, he wasn't the man of the match in this instance. Wayne Hennessy with nine saves stood on his freaking head, and all shouts to that guy. But he was uh, he was very as, good. That's true. As, as far as outfield players are concerned, Ben Davies was, was saved at least three goals. So I mean, you know, if, if you don't himself, I know he's a few saves behind Hennessy, but he's also not wearing <laughs> gloves. Just saying. Right. Um, <laughs> he played his ass off. It was ridiculous. Now, now the quote that I gave you is before we started recording. I said, Andrew, if he turns in a, a, another year. Like he did this year, uh, you're gonna have to send me an application to the Ben Davies fan club, and I stand behind that. 
And what did I tell you? There's a there's a waiting list, but we will be sure yeah. to, to we will be sure to accept your application and, and file it away and and see if we can find some room for you. So. Don't you worry. I know how to finesse your thing or two. I, I may know a guy. Yeah, you can you can you can get some paperwork through. Yeah, that match, by the way, I just saw uh, the I know Scott will appreciate this. The XG in that match, two point one zero for Ukraine, zero point six eight for Wales. So that is a an absolute um, indication of what that match was all about. I mean, Ukraine really had all the opportunities and the defense for, for Wales just bent but did not break, and they got the job done. So Wales will actually be the first opponent for the U.S. come the World Cup this winter, which is um, still a phrase that I'm trying to get used to saying, the World Cup this winter. But mm-hmm. it, that's a... Please don't get used to it. Yeah, We're I don't all just shaking our heads over here. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get used to it. Don't get me wrong. But um, yeah, let's... let's the, go ahead, Scott. Re- real quick, dude. That was, that was such a weird one today. I mean, I'm... I'm I'm very happy for Wales, but man, it's crush. It's just heartbreaking for for Ukraine, right? I think, of course, for those players. So um, it's it's something that that's that's a bummer we can't ignore, right? But um, super close to to you know heroic birth in the World Cup, but cannot look past what an amazing <laughs> thing they accomplished, even getting to that match today. So massive credit to Ukraine, but massive yeah. credit to Wales for getting getting past an opponent who had the entire world behind them today honestly so yeah it was it was it was a entertaining match and and good to watch and a nice you know escape for 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 folks in ukraine as well um all of that all credit to them for like you said getting as far as they did it was it was a it was a cool scene in cardiff and um and now we get to all speculate about gareth bale for another few months this summer because pass yeah i, I I'm, I'm with you todd trust me but i know that uh, i know there's someone else on this pod who's not a pass scott do you want gareth bale at spurs honestly i i i i love you know a good a good poke and prod but i want gareth bale to do whatever he feels is best for him so should it be a supplemental role at Spurs? I don't know why we wouldn't be interested in him. Playing, I do, you know, uh, off the bench. That's fine. But if 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 we have Gareth Bale interested in playing off the bench, you know, in a couple different positions in a Conte system, sure. But if if Conte doesn't want him, that's a whole other conversation. But if Gareth Bale's not under, you know, the the understanding that playing a bit part role is best for him preparing for the World Cup, then I would agree with that. So if I'm Gareth Bale, I'm finding a, a, a nice little comfortable opportunity to to be a leader, uh, you know, on on and off the field for for mm-hmm. for a team that suits, you know, things that I can't even comprehend as, as I'm not Gareth Bale. Right. But there's talks no, I... of Cardiff, there's tops, to- talks of, you know, going home. And I think that'd be a smart move. So we'll see. No, and, and I agree with the latter half of what you said right there, is that I think that Gareth Bale needs to find a nice, comfortable opportunity for him. That's not going through an Antonio Conte preseason, no. my guy. That's, and, and so, so, I'm not so that's, that's where that I was bringing that That's where I was going to go, Todd. If, if, if Jose Mourinho was complaining about how little physical work Gareth Bale was doing while he was at Spurs on loan a few seasons ago, imagine what Antonio Conte would say. 20 yeah. minutes of senior football, Kaz, since the last time that Wales played a qualifier in March. 20 minutes of senior football. That's why we don't sign Gareth Bale. And we let him go to Cardiff, and we wish him extremely well, playing in front of his boyhood club. You know, the situation at Real Madrid was complicated, though. Like, we all know that <laughs> it's not... For it. <laughs> well, yeah. Sure. It's not entirely down to his fitness levels or his motivation that he was not playing at least that's the perspective that i have from the outside 
I don't watch Real Madrid week in and week out, so I don't actually know. But it's a good show. I think I think the the main thing to take out of today is to be happy that such a talented player is not um, even contemplating an early retirement because uh, that would have just been tragic. And Scott, and... I think that's a great way to talk about Joe Rodon. <laughs> <laughs> but but seriously, I think. I think Gareth probably knows himself that if he wants to be in the best position to compete at the World Cup, uh, he might have to consider upping his uh, training regimen. So the Conte system could be a good thing for him. And from a Spurs perspective, I think it would not hurt to have a few of those experienced players like Bale to come in, um, even if they just end up being impact subs. You know, I, I think he could play a role. And I still feel that we did not see enough of him under Mourinho. So it, it, to me, it's like there's unfinished business. So I would not say no to him coming back. Yeah, honestly, the, 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 that's all very well said because I, I, I think the best way I can explain where I'm at with Bale and we, you know, I, I'll stop talking about Bale after this, but that if he comes or, or if he doesn't, my emotion will not change, you know? And I think that's like the most objective, you know, universal take that a Spurs fan can, can, can approach and I hate to say that my opinion is the most universal objective opinion there is that's a really actually a shitty thing to say but ultimately what I'm getting at is is it's it, it's great if he comes if he doesn't cool we're totally fine right so uh, we'll see I I I just realized that we haven't properly addressed Gareth Bale as now is it five-time Champions League winner with yeah. Real Madrid because Something we, we like have that. not rec- we have not recorded since you know we published an episode last Sunday uh, but um it was recorded since Klopp days bottled before. a number another final yeah it was recorded days before the Champions League final of course so we have not properly addressed Gareth Bale as five time Champions League winner Gareth Bale and now World Cup qualifier Gareth Bale all really cool things um I I don't think the door is completely shut but I think it's like barely barely ajar and Todd I think it's very um fitting that on on a, on a on a topic such as this we're the ones that are actually in agreement when we're normally the ones right. heads. but well the other thing is is that in in, in credit here is that i, I listen to in, in shout words do i listen to to ali gold and rob guest do a podcast yeah and both sides uh both gareth bale's camp uh and, and the the tottenham camp in general and conte's camp are all like mm, it's not a good fit uh, and what Ali said is that um, in, in the instance that, you know, all of those sides agree it's not a good fit, it's probably not going to happen. And and to that point, speaking about a this this goes to to something that I think we're going to touch on a little bit later too. bringing up Ali Gold. He wrote a piece today uh, for football.london talking about players that would benefit younger players that would benefit from an Antonio Conte preseason. I think if Gareth Bale were to sign for Spurs, which, again, I, I give well less than a five percent chance of happening. I don't think he's signing before the preseason. I think he's going to wait until, you know, everything goes forward with the trip to South Korea. And I know they're, I think they're still planning a, a game in Israel and like all the, all the travel for this summer that Spurs are going to do ahead of a, of, you know, a season that's going to start here in another almost two months. I mean, it's, it's coming up quick already. We've, we're only, you know, a week and a half, two weeks into this off season, but this is obviously going to come around really quickly. And I don't see Gareth Bale, like ramping it right back up for a, an intense preseason with an Antonio Conte. So we will, we will let that play out and see where it goes from there. Let's talk about, we alluded to it earlier, a signing that actually happened in the month of May for Tottenham Hotspur. They announced an official signing. Um, uh, it, 
did, was I guess a little surprising that they announced it this early, but it was something that I think was rumored and obviously had been in the works for a while, uh, many weeks, maybe even months. But uh, even Perisic is a member of Spurs. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, yes. Todd, this is really cool, I think. And I think the the only thing that surprised me is when I looked up Perisic's age and realized that he was a month older than me. Um, that was the only part that I was like, wow, I didn't realize he was that old. And that's not to say he's old, but he's a 33-year-old who's going to come in and provide a veteran presence um, and also gives, I think the coolest thing about this signing for Spurs is not just, a, you know, a winner's mentality and all those, those intangibles we talk about, but the versatility that he's going to bring to this club because he can play in so many different places. Right. I absolutely agree with that. The other thing that I would say is it's not just any old 33 year old walking in off the street. This is a guy that ran the third most distance in Syria last year and had the fifth highest top speed at 33 years old. This guy can move. He is an offensive threat coming and going. He also had something crazy like the six most tackles from the left wing back position or something silly like that. I may be making that one up, but it was a lot of tackles. And what I will say is that he's the type of guy, not only that can play all of the different spots, but I want to touch on the mentorship piece for Ryan Sessegnon. I think that being able to have Sessegnon and Perisic platoon, on that left side is going to be absolutely incredible for Ben Davies's longevity, um, the betting in of any new players. I think that Perisic knowing um, Conte's system in the way that he does is going to absolutely solidify that left side for us uh, throughout next season and beyond. I totally agree with you. And and you looked ahead on my notes with the Sessignon piece, because I think that is a really, really big factor in this. And to your point, you know, there's a big, big, big difference between a 33-year-old Ivan Perisic and a will-be 33-year-old next month Gareth Bale. Like, mm-hmm. those, they're, they're, those are two totally different entities. Um, not, to, not, not to continue the, the Bale conversation, but you know, that's where we started in this and, and, and led it into another 33 year old. But um, Scotty uh, Perisic, I mean, talk about the, the mentorship factor with, with, with Sessegnon. We all know that I'm going to drop a line here that Sessegnon's, um, you know, best ability must be his availability, but, and we can, we can kind of continue that conversation with Sessegnon beyond Perisic, but talk about what Paris is going to bring to this club. Cause I think it's a really smart signing. And even if it's not, even if he's not a bang on starter every week, which I think he, he will be at least in the early going, um, he provides depth for, for a club that needs it on, on the outside. Yeah. I mean, I think mentorship's a piece of this and I won't talk about just mentorship, but the biggest thing about him is he, he brings qualities that, you would need in order to win quickly because, um, but you know, Todd's Todd mentioned it all. Everything on the field, the statistics, Caroline knows well that he has title pedigree, you know, in his career. He is somebody who can help us win now. And, you know, this isn't, this isn't me responding at all to any age comments on this show yet with him being 33 or anything. This is just my talking point, but we, we can't both, you know, expect to win titles, but want to buy players who have five, six, seven year shelf lives at the club. Like it's just, we can't do both things. Right. And, and I saw a lot of 
reaction on Twitter around his age, right? And people not being super confident in us signing a 33-year-old, but it just goes to show that the classic Tottenham fan conundrum, like that 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 we want to, you know, play beautiful football and develop players, but we also want to win titles, and that's just not how it works anymore, right? So Perisic is not only not only Perisic the player, but the manner in which we sign him so efficiently is exactly what I needed to see to believe that this club is interested in winning titles like quickly, right? And not in four or five years, because I'm tired of that period. We've been there for so long, not so long, but damn near a decade, to be honest. And and it's time to change. I think that's a really good point too. And and you talk about the efficiency with which they brought him in and obviously it's a free transfer. So it's not like the club is, the club's obviously going to invest in his wages and, and, and pay the man, but they're not investing in terms of, you know, th- this is not money that's coming out of that um, 150 million pound coffer that, that has been, that was spoke about last week um, in terms of, of a transfer budget. It's, it's, it's money that's coming from a wage budget and that's it. And that's, that's really cool. Caroline, what um, do, I guess my question for you is, does this happen without, you know, Perisic made, made, made reference to hoping that Spurs had defeated Arsenal late in the season in that North London Derby. And does this, does this happen if Spurs don't get champions League football? Because it, it kind of seems like that might've been the case. Like we look back now and we realize, holy shit, it was a really big deal that Spurs ended up with the champions league. Yeah. I think he's a player who he always wants to be in, in a club that is challenging for titles um, and, you know, he's been sought after by those kind of clubs his whole career because he's just a consummate professional. He elevates the mentality of all the players around him. I would say that he's also a bit of a, a glue guy because he can come into any um, any formation, any configuration of players, and he just he knows what he needs to do. He gets it done. Um, he's he's a results guy. At least this is the impression I have of him from the one season that I got to watch him play at Bayern Munich uh, when he was on loan in our Champions League winning season. Had to include that. Sorry. Um, Little hat tip there. <laughs> but yeah, he's no, it's important. It's an important stat. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. He's he's a he's a serial he the, winner. The as, as year, we, that year too. Uh, yep. Won the we. I mean, we won everything. It was it was a great season. Um, but that was the Coutinho year too. Yes, and that's another uh, great call out. Like that's that's what top teams do is they assemble a roster mm-hmm. that has those pieces that they just know how to win. Um, and I think it's also very important, as y'all have said, to point out his versatility because I know more recently he's been playing as a wing back, um, but at Bayern he also played as just a straight up winger. Um, Primarily on the left side, I actually went back to look at some lineups to verify this, <laughs> that my memory was not faulty. Um, but he scored a lot of goals, you know, and important goals, too. So I think it's also encouraging that we got this transfer done so quickly because it, it's an indicator that he's really excited about the project. Shout out, Caroline, doing more research for this podcast than any of us ever do. Um, that's, that's that's very big of you and very bold of you. Um I, I think that we mentioned the Sessegnon piece of this, and I, I think he's he's one of the players that can obviously benefit. We'll have to see if a player like Emerson Royale sticks around. He's a, perhaps another player that could benefit from something like this. Even Matt Doherty, if he sticks around. Just speak, speaking specifically about the wingbacks, maybe even Sergio Reguilon, if he sticks around. There's a lot of ifs, ands, or buts going on with you know a lot of these players. I think Sessegnon's the one we know can benefit. 
Um, I want to touch on Sessegnon because he is not playing for, is it the under 21s or under 23s on the England squad? He, he, he pulled out of, of, of competition with them, not, and, and this was an important point. I think when this was announced last week, everyone thought, Oh God, another Ryan Sessegnon injury. I did. I'm guilty of that. Um, but it, w- it wasn't so much because of an injury so much as he wants to let his body rest up before the preseason, which I think is a really, really big deal and really important. Um, I, I say it's a big deal. I think it's an underrated deal almost. Um, the fact that he is, and, and he has to have eyes too on this as well, uh, on a guy like Paris coming in and saying, oh, here's my opportunity to you know, jump on the back of a guy like this, go under his wing, learn a little bit more. Not that we really think that Ryan Sessegnon, I mean, I don't, I, obviously he has much more to learn. He's still a young player, but this guy has proven that he can do this job what do I always say? He just has to be available to do it. He has to stay healthy. And I think that's a big factor um, in him doing so is, is, is pulling out of international duty for right now and and letting his body get to a point where he can be ready for the preseason and, and be ready, be ready for what is, I think going to be, I think we're going to see a lot of reports over the next, uh, you know, once next month rolls around about how intense this Antonio Conte summer preseason is going to be. I, I'm very curious as to who advised him on this. It's it's a brilliant decision, I think, not only for Tottenham or his Tottenham career, but also his prospects for the England national team. I yeah. mean, playing in this U21, whatever it is, does not give you a direct route to the national team set up at the top level, but playing for Tottenham as a starting left wing back certainly does, right? So this is a very smart move. Um, again, I'm very curious as to who was in his ear. We can only imagine it's Conte, but... I also don't see a guy like Conte like mandating something like this, right? So clearly there's a relationship between him and Session, which is important. And again, if I'm, you guys have heard me say this, but if I'm Conte and I'm looking at teams that I could go manage, I'm looking at wingback options. That's you, you, you have to, right? That's where everything starts in this setup. And you see Session and everything he's done and, you know, the, the things that he needs, which a guy like Conte provides, which I think is, again, that like, it's like that that Pochettino mentorship, but with a little bit more of an edge of like tough love and directness, right? That we maybe didn't see from Poch, and it's it's a very very good situation for Session out. And so again, all that rant just to say, very very shrewd decision. And I'd be curious to know who really drove it, right? I'd be curious to know if it was was Conte in the club saying, "Hey, just know, like you've got a real future at this club, but." dot 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 you know yeah. you're gonna need to be prepared for it this <clears> season <throat> because this is a really important season coming up for him obviously and you know whether or not he's available for it i i feel like a broken record sometimes talking about ryan sesnion because of the you know best ability availability you know rinse repeat with me but that's what it is for him we know that he is capable it's just a matter of being there to see it so yeah, if 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 the club did say to him, "Hey, look, you can go do this, but make sure that you're ready for a preseason." And he thought, "Oh, well, you know, maybe I do need a, a few weeks here to let my body uh recuperate because all we keep hearing about is is this preseason and what it's going to be. And I'm excited for it because I think that's something that this club needs is like a little bit of not tough love, but a little bit of like like let's let's put like put our heads down and go to work and prepare for what's going to be a long season and knowing that 
the club was able to do what it did down the stretch of, of this past season and get into the Champions League. Now they're going to add reinforcements. Now they're going to add a little bit of depth and hopefully be able to get a little more rotation. Um, because when you think about it, Ryan Sessegnon was truly the only, you know, he and I guess Emerson on the other side were the only wingbacks that this club had down the stretch. They, 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 they couldn't risk getting injured uh, late on. So, you know, it, there's going to be a lot of that going on and a lot of, you know, a lot of pushing and, and, and shoving to, to, to fight for places and playing time in this preseason. I think it's, it's going to be exciting. Todd, did you, did you have something there? No, I agree with that. I, I, I just think that a signing like this is really a statement of intent. I think from Faratici and, and, and Conte to say yep. that we understand what it takes in order to build a true winner here. And these are the types of pieces that you need to, to bring in, not only bring in, but bring in early. So that his type of work ethic and the shit that's made him who he is as a player at 33 years old can start to infuse itself into the rest of the locker room, especially into a guy like Ryan Sessegnon that absolutely just like needs to be reinvigorated in a way that I think a guy like uh, Parasic has the ability to do. Yeah, I think it should be really fun to watch and just really exciting for, you know, this club going on tour in the preseason and gearing up for you know, not a lot of people realize that the season starts in like two months. Um, yeah, no, that's true. And, and that's why it's important to know, Andrew, that we also brought in a bouncer. I mean, a backup keeper um, that <laughs> we we get to six, seven. Fraser Forster is uh, is a unit, sir. And uh, he's officially, I guess we can't really talk too much about him because we haven't seen him in a shirt. It won't be until July 1st. Um, we can we can talk about it. Todd Todd is doing a really good job of the transitions today and, and reading ahead on the notes that I didn't actually give him. <laughs> but yeah, we did get official word this week. Pierre Luigi Gallini is gone. Um, oh, and, where's Scott? Dang. And Fraser and Fraser Forrester is 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 going to be in. It's not official because of the the technical rules and the England you know transfers and this and that and everybody's read about all of that. But yeah, Todd, you're right. Uh, new backup keeper, and I think that this is obviously it's not it's not the one for the future that, that people might've thought about uh, a year and a half ago, but I'm okay with that because as long as Hugo Lloris can, continues to play the way he does mm-hmm. and continues to do the things he does, does I, I think I've said this on pods in the past. I don't need one for the future right now. I've still got Hugo. Yeah. And what's interesting about that. And Kaz, I'm curious as to your perspective on this as well, but what's interesting about that is, is force comes in with, um, you know, previous champions league minutes with Celtic, and, you know, he played 24 times last year for Southampton. Like, <clears throat> the guy is a legitimate top level. He's not a Galini, is what I'm going to say. And, and I'll shout out to your boy. But <clears throat> we had a podcast, Andrew, before that guy came in, where I looked at this group of folks and I said, that guy can't stop a shot from outside the box and scares me to death. And then he got here and then he was a really supportive teammate. And so I, I thank him very much. That's the nicest time. thing you can say about him. Uh-huh. And I thank him very much for his time in rap music. And I wish him well back in Italy. Um, so I agree with you. We don't need that keeper for the future just yet. Honestly, the moves that they're making right now, and we'll come on to him as well. Scott, did you just miss the Bellini, the Galini talk? He's better a Bellini than a Galini, if we're being fair about it. Um, no, our, our guy's gone, and, and we wanted to give you the opportunity to say goodbye to him before we move on. Honestly, I, I appreciate that. I, I was checking out of my hotel room and back into my hotel room there, so I appreciate you bearing with me. But I, I will just say what I've said for a long time is that the quality – of Tottenham in a potential rap battle to decide a trophy is gone and 
it's a bummer. So let's just really hope that we don't get to a point where, what is it, like I think 35, 40 penalties is where they call it and go to a rat battle. And so we just, okay. yeah, we hope we don't get there. Hope we don't get there. That's a good shout. You know, what I think that, that, I, that I really want to follow up on this, though, is that all of these moves, all the things that we're seeing, the types of guys that they brought into this point in time, and the, the types of outgoings that we're going to talk about here in just a moment, really show us, Andrew, that we're in a win now mentality. This is yeah. a we're, we're sorting shit out now. In the next two years, this shit's going down. And that's the approach that they're taking. And I don't hate it. I, I think it was eight games that Galini appeared in for Spurs. I, I, I think I have that number right. I don't have my notes. I, I think from last week I threw my notes uh, in the garbage, but um, I, I think it was eight games. I, I guess my question is, Caroline, do we think that Forrester plays more or fewer than eight games? Like I, I would imagine he gets some more with cup matches and, and that kind of thing. But I'm, I'm just not sure because I don't know how you, you know, it's not like Forrester's going to be the Champions League keeper over, over Lloris either. Yeah, the fact that we're in the Champions League and not the Conference League uh, changes the equation quite yeah, a bit. quite a bit. <laughs> or even the Europa League, for that matter. Yes, but I think definitely in the domestic cups, we'll be seeing him feature. Uh, and I, I have a lot more faith in him than poor Golini, who, who literally could not stop a shot from outside the box to save his life. Um, but we've, we've seen Forrester, you know, in recent months, he's had some appearances and I think most memorably against Arsenal, he was, you know, borderline man of the match material. So it's not, this is not a clown that we've brought in. Like he's a, he's a quality guy. So I think it's, it's, it does add into that win now mentality uh, that the club is developing for sure. We've got a late uh, development here as Shuban has joined the podcast. He is at the real Shuban. Shubs, um, where do you sit on the, Forrester in Golini out backup keeper debate. Oh, do, do, do you mean Fraser Forrester, not Forrester? That's is that what I said? How do you, we're we're screwing it up over here? The word it, the phrase doesn't come out of our mouths properly. Say it right. Fraser Forrester. It's a long R. I'm bad at it. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's interesting. I mean, I remember seeing Fraser Forrester when he was quite younger, and obviously he was linked with being one of the many young keepers at the time. We don't we don't, we don't produce young keepers like we used to. So he was one of those that, that, that was linked, I think under Hodgson or under Capella, I think it was. That, that, that's how that's how long ago it was, kind of thing. Um I mean like and they he 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 has featured for Southampton, I think because I think the number one was injured for a while, quite a fair bit. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't, you know, it's not as if he let in a whole bunch of howlers or, or something. He's not as I mean, he's like, oh my God, this is a very weak link. And I think in the games that we played against him, he wasn't terrible. So I think go, go go with that, really. That's the best way. I mean, Bellini, I think we had hopes he would be good. Um, he, I think he, despite the fact he, he only played eight games for us, he's still in the Italy squad somehow, which I'm not sure how that's even remotely possible. But, you know, says a lot more. Says a lot about, I, I thought England's goalkeeper were bad, but clearly Italy have a bit more, more, more of a lack of depth than we do. He was he was also spotted at the Miami Heat basketball game uh, last week before they were knocked out uh, of the NBA playoffs, rocking what I can only describe as a look similar to Adam Sandler's in Uncut Gems. Um, it was very like. Was that before or after he was freestyling in the tunnel? Who 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 could say? I, I think only Scott could say really, and I'm not even sure he has the answers um, because I know Scott's very up to date on on Gallini's rap career, but. 
I, I, I truly don't know the answer to that. Um, but we will miss his beats, I guess, and his vibes that he provided in the locker room. Um, that's about all we'll miss, I, I guess. Um, we'll miss his conference league, whatever that was. Um, but adieu, adieu to, to Galini and, um, you know, We'll move on with a new backup keeper. There was also an announcement this week, guys, that um, a lot of the academy players uh, that were at Tottenham are no more. Um, I think the the one real notable name out of this group was Janiel Bennett, uh, who was, um, here's the trivia question for you, the first player to score a goal in the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium yes. in that, in that uh, kind of warm-up game. Um, so I, I know there was a couple names on this list that Todd, you and, and mm-hmm. Dakota in our group chat were a little surprised about. Um, and I know that this is probably going to spark a nice debate between you and Scott, but I'm going to let you have your say first, Todd, on these names, uh, including Bennett. Yeah, no, there's two that really stand out to me. Bennett is one. Jay Billy, I wish him the best of luck wherever he ends up next. I, that goal in, in that game is something I'll remember forever. He can fill it up. That guy can truly fill it up. He's somebody that I followed, and and, and, I, and I like him a lot. Uh, the other one, and this is the one that's truly probably the most surprising because we have a, a, a glutton, a, a glut, I guess, of, of attacking options. Um, so, you know. Janiel getting an opportunity to to get regular first team um, appearances elsewhere makes a lot of sense. But the one that for me is is uh, Timothy Lotuala. Uh, Tutuala, I'm gonna mess it up. Apologies there. He's the he's the the under I want to say under 19 French goalkeeper. Uh, like they're number one and the guy's an absolute monster. He's a stud. I don't really know what our focus is, especially since we're signing guys, you know, well past that are, cl- that are closer to Andrew's age um, than to, hey, uh, second. you're older than, than I 20. am there, bud. I sure are. But they're, you know, they're not closer to my age. They're closer to your age. Sky. <laughs> <laughs> no, so uh, I don't know. Those are, those are the big ones for me. A- anybody else there shoes? Oh, I think I remember seeing that lad play actually at Stevenage. I think it was, and I don't think he was terrible, but ultimately goalkeepers are in that unfortunate position where if you've got, let's face it, Hugo, people say Pat Jennings, but Hugo's probably the finest goalkeeper I've ever seen yeah. play for spells. And that is one that, that, that literally is Mount Everest in front of you trying to displace him. So, um, and I think goalkeepers, look, I mean, I think, was it the French, not the French lad, um, the guy, he was born in France, but he played for another country, won the place at Chelsea. He ended up playing, I think, had a normal job. And then somehow managed to get back himself into the pyramid and ended up playing, you know, for, as he does for Chelsea. So I don't think it's the end of it. I mean, like I said, a lot of these lads, I mean, look, Des Walker was, was rejected by Spurs as a kid. He ended up going to play in Forest, had a very distinguishing England career. So it's just one of those things where, you know, they've looked at it. They probably thought, no, you're not going to get enough games. You've been at the club in, like, I think, was it one of them guys, Casper? He'd been at the club since he was five. You know, he's been his uh, Spurs is all he's ever known. And I remember when they were emptying out the old stadium, we actually found some old, like, um, like, like form books, what we used to call form books, where like scholars were like, had been written down, like, you know, Tottenham Hotspur College. But I think Ryan Mason and Andros Townsend, we found some of these books. And it's one of those things where, you know what, it's almost impossible for a kid to even go from five to even make it to three to under 12s. It's so, so difficult. And then from under 12s, just to even get it, to even get to under U19s. So, yes, we're sad. I mean, I'm sad that Janelle Bennett isn't, you know, isn't playing. I was, I happened to be there when he scored. But ultimately, it's one of those things. It could have been anyone. Do you know what I mean? 
his name is more notable because he scored that first goal and his name will be in history. And hopefully if they ever do like, I don't know, Spurs reunions, whatever, they'll invite him to talk about it and I'll make a living through that way. This is football, you know? I mean, I think right now the, the number one star in the world box office is a, is a failed ex-footballer, you know, in The, in the Rock. I'm not saying Janelle Bennett will become the next movie star. I'm just saying that is how harsh how harsh sports is. I'm saying, yeah. Fair enough. Scotty, I, I think that you have a similar opinion to me on this, but I want to let you spell it out for the listeners because I'm kind of more shrug emoji on these guys. Like, okay, oh well. Like, it's sad that we don't have, like, more of these guys coming through the pipeline, but also, like, it feels to me like this is a – a changing of the guard of sorts and a, and a, and a new era being ushered in for Spurs. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, I, I, I have no qualm whatsoever with the departure of this list and, and I don't mean this in any harsh way, but I can say you with, to you with full confidence that none of them will have made it to the first team at any point. Right. And, and it's hard. It's a bummer to say, but like we talked about off air, the days of, of, of the Academy players, you know, coming through into the first setup outside of the very rare Phil Foden of it all, right? In the in this modern day and age, it's it's just not really a thing anymore if you want to compete at the top. So Tottenham has two very specific things that we have a hard time separating from champagne football or whatever we say now as like the, the kids would call it, right? And the other thing is bringing up youth and developing talent, right? Like we have this this romanticism with those two things. And they're going to start to happen less and less as we start to play ball at the highest level, right? So I'm not surprised at all. I have no issues with it. It's best for these players, but none of them would ever have made it to the first team. And, and the biggest point to all of this, and you see it with every spectacular man manager, is they want a smaller setup. They want a tighter setup, right? Like you need the depth. But if you have these extra seven players to try to keep happy, yeah, your time's coming. Keep working harder. Hey, Gaffer, can I get another meeting? Like, I want to know what my future looks like. Bro, I'm busy. I have four competitions. Like, you're just not near the first setup, you know. Keep working hard. Like, eventually that grows tired, right? So you need a smaller setup. You need less distractions. These players need to play. Brilliant decision by the club. It's It just essentially says, like, let's cut through all the bullshit. Smoke and mirrors are gone go play football somewhere else. Yeah. I, I think that's all really fair. Caroline, where do you sit on this? Is, is, are you like heartbroken to see any of these guys leave or is it just kind of a, I don't know, Tottenham are signing players like Perisic now. And you know, this is, this is the way that football goes. Yeah. I only recognize two of them by name. So clearly I'm not uh, the most knowledgeable about the youth Academy players for Tottenham. Um. But I do think that's a good point that, you know, where we're at in the club's development, there are not going to be as many opportunities for players to come up into the first team as there were previously. And I think, you know, hopefully we want to get to the point where as one of the established very top clubs in the league, our academy itself will become more attractive to players. And that's when we may start seeing more of the, you know, truly world-class talent like a Harry Kane um, popping back up. But in the meanwhile, I think we're kind of in that transitional phase. This isn't new. I mean, we have had to be harsh and ruthless and move players on. I met Mickey Hazard about six, seven years ago now. And this is when we just sold um, Mace 
to Hull. And I asked him because he brought Mace in when he was about six or seven. And he mentored him throughout. And obviously Mace was that scored that vital goal that kept watching in his job against Forest. And he said, look, I asked him about it. And he just said, that's football. And that's literally what it is. A manager can, you know, whether it be a manager can dislike you, not like, you know, not like you. I mean, so famously, Graham Roberts literally, and he still hates David Plitt to this day for that. Because basically, David Plitt said, no, I don't rate you. That's it. Get out. And Graham Roberts, someone that we argued for years, we had, we'd never replaced. Yeah, it's just that is that is football. And like I said, I wish these lads all the best because I think they did this thing on the, on the athletic, which obviously Todd Lapsley loves, especially Jack Pitbrook. And, um, do you know what I mean? And they talked about these players and they literally are cut and literally they go they go from incredible amounts of depression, everything. So I hope there's a real support system for these young lads because, you know, they've sacrificed so much to try and make become professionals. And hopefully, hopefully what they do. Fair enough. Uh, we brought up Ali Gold earlier um, and he wrote a piece uh, earlier today at football.london talking about the five players who will benefit most from Conte's preseason, another topic that we we kind of touched on. Um, I wanted to just run through these names and, and and get an opinion from each of you on who you think that player is. Um, we talked a lot about Sessignon earlier. He's on this list, obviously. What do I always say? Um, it, it comes down to his health. Uh, the other names, uh, Pape Matar Sar, who's coming back, obviously, from his loan with Mets, um, who I didn't realize this, but the, I didn't realize Mets were relegated uh, from League One, uh, but, or League, League uh, But um they were they were shit in a farmers league. It was tough. Well, and 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 apparently, but but apparently, it came down to the final day. Not not something I I recognized. Um, and then Brian Heal, Oliver Skip, and Jaffa Tanganga are the other three names. Um, Todd, what wh- where do you stand? I mean, those are five. It's Ollie Skip. Na- it's Ollie Skip, and it's not close. But five, but five good names there, right? That, that well, we're talking sure. about. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 and I absolutely agree with that. Like we talked about before. Um, we started recording. Jaff got a lot of run early with Conte. Now, granted, that was probably some availability in the fact that Emerson was very shit early in that system. Um, I, I think Jaff's versatility is going to keep him around. But honestly, I think that the guy that's going to, as I mentioned, that's going to benefit most from a Conte preseason is Oliver Skip. Because as much as I love my Viking, before Bentoncourt got here, I was banging on every single week on this show about the fact that Ollie Skip is the best midfielder at Tottenham Hotspur right now. And I think that he's going to get a chance to prove that uh, in the preseason under Conte. And that guy does not shy away from the work, Andrew. Scotty, who do you think um, benefits most out of, out of that group that this, this preseason? I mean, it's, it's hard to even like comprehend we're what two weeks removed from the end of the real season. And in a month, this club's going to be off to, to South Korea playing preseason matches. But you know, in in the meantime, who, who who's going to be healthy enough to to, to get through after a, a a rough Conte preseason? It's a bit of a toss up because anything can happen, right? Um, but but I I do think it has to be Skip, and I just say, and again, Skip's Skip's an easy answer, but he and Conte both will see this preseason as crucial for getting him acclimated back into what's been going on. Right. Like Hoybier has been fantastic. And I, there was a point in time where I thought it was maybe worth moving him on, you know? And it was, I, I think my direct quote, I remember walking, walking through, through uh, the MGM in Vegas, texting you guys this very specifically that, that I thought he was going to be one of those 
harsh departures that I didn't want to see go, but that could be upgraded. Right. And so like kind of, kind of like chop your arm off to, to grow a stronger arm type of situation. Right. Which is weird to say, but it's the best analogy I can give you. Um, but I, I think I'm over that now. I think Hoybier really needs to stay and help develop an Oliver Skip, right? So I think Skip needs to work with Hoybier during this offseason. You know, Hoybier should be involved and should have some time to, to invest there and get him ready for, for this midfield setup because we're going to have to bring somebody in, right? We need a fourth midfielder to pair with Benteker and getting Skip there quickly means we only need to, to get one guy bedded in instead of two because Skip has been out for a while, right? Caroline, where are you at with these names? Um, who, who are you most interested in seeing in the preseason and seeing how they develop under Conte? Uh, most interested would also be Skip for me. Uh, but I think one that could be interesting is Brian Hill. Uh, if Bergvine does end up leaving the club, which it seems like he is going to, that could be an opportunity for, for Hill to be a backup to Sun. Um, of course, with the way our transfer window looks to be shaping up, the club's probably going to want to bring in someone, uh, you know, ready to compete now because I think Hill still needs some development. I, I watched a few of his games um, with his lone club and he, he's got potential like you can see it. Um, it's just a matter of, of finessing it really with him. Yeah, and it's something where Conte called the guy out by name, but didn't call out, but call the guy out by name by saying, essentially, we can't be going around pro signing these unproven wingers from Spain. I, I mean, what are you, what are you saying? Like the truth is, is that the physicality of the English game is not something that Brian Heal adapted to very well. Um, I think that a preseason under Conte is going to season him, but I don't know how he's going to respond to it. Some guys wilt under things like this. Most guys will bend a knee eventually uh some guys will ultimately just quit we're gonna learn a lot about this team and a lot about guys like brian heel in this summer i think that um it's interesting that you guys have both brought up mainly skip and and heel i think i'm sold on skip i think i'm i don't need to see anything more from skip i think skip is what he's going to be and and, is, and that's very very good on heel i think that i think that he's a spanish player and I don't mean that in terms of his nationality. I think he's a player who belongs in Spain. Um, I loves I, that analogy. Look at it. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't know that he can hack it in the Premier League. Now, I would love for the guy to prove me wrong. I would be, I would be overjoyed for him to do that, and and not only that, but to do it at Tottenham. That's that's a harsh take. That's well, a harsh take. I don't know if the guy can hack it in the Premier League at 19 years old. Is harsh. You're right. It, it probably is. But from what I've seen of him, I, I've seen him be really, really good in Spain. He's a, a massively talented player. I just I don't see that game translating to the Premier League. I, I think I, I, I side with Andrew in some sense here. And I think it may be it may be word choice where Todd's coming from. Right. Because like when we say hacking in the Premier League, it gives this this idea that the Premier League is superior, which there's arguments that it's not right. But I will agree with you wholeheartedly with your point that is he is just more, more suited to the Spanish game, you know, the way he plays soccer. And I think there is there's this idea that, again, saying somebody's not suited to a certain league is 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 negative or, or, or you know, uh, uh, whatever negative is the only word that I can think of there. But but ultimately, I don't think it is right. The, these games are played differently. Um you know, a guy like Tongi, for example, and another another great example of somebody who does go go to France and, and play well, right? Um, it's just a different mm -hmm. style of play. So, well, better than he did in England. So, um, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's, it's a real thing. And I think 
Brian Heal, he has a unique opportunity because he can come in and he can embrace Perisic and say, I've got a world-class champion to learn from because they are going to play a very similar role for this club. If you look, if you look apples to apples there. Um, so like you said, Andrew, he couldn't, he, or maybe Todd, he can embrace the challenge if he chooses to and learn a lot from Perisic. But I think letting him go back out on loan for another season while we have a guy like Perisic around is a smart move, right? But a preseason with Perisic and then a loan that suits our style of play would be a good move, I think, for Brian Hill. Yeah, I like that. Shivan, where are you at with these players? Uh, Who's the one that stands out to you that, you know, you want to see more from or or excited to see get a preseason under Conte? I'm going to go with um, Jeff, actually. He's had a lot of injuries. Like that. Again, um, you've spoke about Availability being the best superpower, or something, the best skill set. Best skill. Avail- availability needs to be his best best ability. Yeah, and I just think yeah, he's had a lot of injuries, and whether he can make it through because I mean, you're 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 the gambler amongst us. Which one of you is going to break down first? You got Seth with his trouble, some troubles with hamstrings. You've had Skip, who's been out since January because they tried surgery that, or they tried to cure it, then they tried to use every option apart from surgery, and then they had to do surgery. You've had Mate Sar, who none of us have really. I mean, I, I didn't. I didn't. I mean, maybe you guys saw him for Senegal, but I didn't see how, how he yeah. played. I don't think we know enough about Sar yet. I think that we'll learn a lot this preseason and, and and find out what his next step is, whether he goes back out on loan or whether he's just someone who is going to be relegated to the bench for much of a season with Spurs. I, I think that's a, a just. I think he's the biggest mystery of any of these players. The one caveat we have though is that next season, I think not just the Premier League. I think. Most of the major leagues are playing five subs. I don't know if it's just the Premier League that's starting this season, or if yeah, they have this. Pretty much everyone playing. has been. The Premier League is just going to five subs, be- right? Because one, of the reason I'm saying that is that that makes because Brian Hills has has generally come on with like nine minutes to go, and that's just nowhere near enough time to give a player a chance to show what you can do. Whereas if you have five subs, you can say bring on. A, I don't know how it's meant to work because you obviously can't do five subs throughout the game. I don't know how it works. But you can, but you get three, but you bring them out two at a time or something. Yeah, it's, well, I think it's, it's, you get three different different um, win- windows. Really. Yeah, to bring them in. So for me, I would be looking at that, thinking, well, if that's an opportunity, then maybe you know, who knows? Maybe Brian would have had a few more chances. I mean, there are tons of players who you thought, oh, do you know what? They're just not physical enough. They can't handle Luka Modric, who's probably the finest player I've seen at Spurs, apart from Harry Kane. They thought he couldn't cut it in this, cut it in this league. They really thought they thought he was too lightweight. He's too this. He's too that. <laughs> when I got to see him play finally, I was like, "Oh my god!" It was it's just yeah. it's a blessing to watch. I mean, now he's talked about in like Xavi and Iniesta class. So to say someone isn't good enough, the oh can't hack the Premier League. I think it's not. I think and they Brian had come to this country. I don't know how much English he speaks, which is a huge thing. I mean, we saw Perisic speaks perfect English. So that obviously helps your adaptation. So I, I think for me, I mean, yeah, you're the gambler, but I think whoever has the most minutes in that preseason, I think there's, what, five games in that preseason, roughly? Uh, they're, they're, they're still – that's still so, a lot of that's still up in the air. But but regardless, I I, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I think – I want to go back to, to Tanganga for a second because you brought him up, and, and that's the player I was going to bring up of this group. I think Tanganga almost has – the biggest fluctuation of the, the biggest variance of what could happen to him coming into this season based on the preseason. I think it's almost the biggest preseason for him of any of these five players that we've, we've spoken about 
thus far that were in this piece. Again, um, Alistair Gold, go go check it out on football.london. It's a it's a good piece. Um, but I I think that he's a player that has such a variation of not only what he can do, but where he can play. I mean, especially in this system, whether or not he's a, a right-sided center back, whether or not he's a right wing back, whether or not he's a central center back, he's we've seen him play on the left before. I don't know what's going to become of him, um, but I'm curious to see it play out. And I think he's the player that I'm most interested, like you said, Shuban, with health and everything else. Um, just, you know, I think Sessegnon is obviously the guy we talk about a lot with health, but Tanganga, you're right to to, to shout that out as well, um, that he's a player that, you know, we need to see a little bit more from from a health standpoint going forward. Go ahead, Scott. Yeah, the center back is an interesting position to dissect right now. Tanganga and Sanchez both, I think. Definitely not Ben Davies. He is cemented as as a part of that that group, mm-hmm. right? But but those two are and Joe Rodon even is very interesting. We we're at a position where it's very well known where you're looking to invest and upgrade at the center back position. Without a doubt, Romero's safe. Um Dyer 75% safe, I would say. You know, oh, I think it's higher than that. And the only reason I say that is if you bring in a world-class central center back, Dyer becomes very flexible too, right? And, and and maybe becomes more supplemental. And I'm saying that, right? Keep in mind. But he's part of the, um, but he's part of the team going forward. I mean, he's not. No doubt. Oh, yeah. no, okay. Thank you. Thank you. When I say you're, 75%. You're talking about a tar- in terms of the starting position. Yes. Yeah, his yeah. starting position is 75% safe. Ramirez is dead on safe. Davies is a little less than 75%. And that, I say that just because of the links, but Ben Davies is also somebody who will certainly play as a fourth or fifth center back and be very happy doing that for this club, right? He is a team guy through and through. So hey, those three are safe as far as far as departing, but the three I mentioned are not. And if I'm Tanganga Sanchez or Rodon, I'm taking this preseason and playing my ass off for two reasons. One, I'm okay being the fourth or fifth guy off, you know, the first or second off the bench. I'm also okay with using this opportunity to move on and earning myself a move to, to, to a first 11 somewhere. And, you know, we, we, we as fans get so wrapped up in playing at the highest level, playing in champions league football, dude, if I'm, if I'm a guy like Rodon or Tanganga, I am perfectly happy making like 40 or 50 grand a week to play in the premier league at whatever capacity that is. Right. Like when you, when you, when you look at it from the human element and not so much like the, the dreamers element of us fans, right. Go make your, go make a fantastic living playing premier league football in the middle of the table. Right. Like that's what they're looking to do. I think at this point, if they want to start. So it's a big precision for those guys in two different ways. But if you go out and you play well, it's a win-win, right? You're either part of Conte's setup or you're earning an opportunity to go start for, for a club at the highest level. So, Sheeps. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, I think that uh, there's, there's going to be a lot of talk about outgoings in the coming weeks. I think we're going to see a lot of those pieces start to move. Um, the one player, before we get out of here, that I wanted to talk about, because I think it's an important player to talk about because we just saw – a hell of a performance he put on for the Netherlands this week is Steven Bergvine. I don't think it's going to work out for Steven Bergvine at Spurs, but my goodness, do I wish it would. Um, Caroline, you and I were going back and forth about this a little bit earlier this week when we saw the absolute masterclass that he put on uh, for the Dutch. Um, it, it, it just kind of sucks that it doesn't, it, it feels like he wants to move away and it feels like the club would like to keep him, but knows that it's in, in the best interest for him to move away. Um, but I don't know, a parting word for, for, for our, our sweet boy, Stevie Bergvine. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll miss his smile. That might sound cheesy, but 
he, no, he does I love have it. a really it's nice so beautiful. smile. Um, just had to add that in there. And honestly, I wish him the best. I, I feel like it's at a point where we don't want to hold him back as a player in his career. So he's got to do what he's got to do. We're going to miss him, but it's time. Um, so I was thinking about Stevie. I mean, the World Cup is such a wonderful opportunity. And I remember when Aaron Miller joined us and literally him joining us kind of cost him his World Cup spot kind of thing because he was, he was always on the fringes. He was always a part of the Argentina squad and he got the injuries and just, just never really got himself back into that team. And I think he might have done a Copa once, but he never really got back into it. So playing in the World Cup, I don't, I don't think Holland were at the last World Cup, if memory serves me. They were not. So, so, yeah, therefore, this is like an incredible opportunity for him. And, you know, like I said, I don't know why we've not given the opportunities. Again, maybe that, you know, maybe who knows if that's five sub thing had happened this season, we might have been able to give him more game time. And maybe that might be in the, in the you know, in the workings for next season or something. Saying, so, look, we can, you know, you'll, you'll get more game time because I can bring you on a lot easier. But I just think what it just boils down to is that he wants to start. This is, you know, if he's playing Ajax, wherever it is, you know, and I, and I honestly, I think he has a high ceiling. I think he could go to a club, let's say Dortmund or something like that, even, you know, and I'm not noticing it's Ajax, but he could go to a, I don't know, Caroline, I can't think of any other German club apart from Dortmund, other who are at that level. So Karen help me out there. But, um, you know, I, you know, I think he, 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 you know, he, he is a talented player. We've seen how talented he is. I think injuries have hurt him. And I think, look at the confidence. I mean, if you look at, I think, what was it, that game was Liverpool? He, you know, he buries that goal against, you know, then who knows, he changes the course of his season and Spurs' season. Yeah. It's those, it's those you know, sudden doors moments. I was just going to say, Shuban, with the whole five subs thing, I, I think he still would not have been getting the time that he wanted because um, Conte had plenty of opportunities to bring him on earlier throughout the season and he, he just never did, so... Clearly, it wasn't going to be happening that he was getting the minutes that he required personally. Yeah, and I think another thing we have to say with Bergvine too, when Conte came out and said he's he is his role is second option at striker, that's very concerning. If I'm Bergvine, and you know we've we've had this conversation on this show, every Spurs fan has had this conversation. People fall on either side of it. I was having this conversation with the Chelsea fan this week, very knowledgeable Chelsea fan on this topic, right? Harry Kane is ext- is an extremely real problem for this club when it comes to to having a backup striker, right? And that's a very that's been the case, that's, yeah, that's been the case for many yeah, years. Yeah, it's been that way for many years, especially a World Cup year. Like anybody who is on the fringe of their national team is not coming to Tottenham. No fucking way, right? And so Bergvine, he is seen as the backup striker to Kane. I'm getting as far away from that situation as humanly possible, right? It's not a knock on Bergvine. It's not a knock on Conte. It's just a weird situation where he knows he's in trouble because he is sitting behind Kane. And and then you bring in a guy like Perisic, who in a weird way is supplement to Kane, right? Because anybody that allows Sun to pop up top yep. is a backup to Harry Kane, right? Sun is a phenomenal striker. Perisic allows Sun to pop up top. So how we supplement Kane is through that position that we just signed Perisic in, which Bergvine could arguably be be a piece of, but for whatever reason, Conte really only sees him as capable of of being, you know, executing up top for the for this setup, right? And I'm just getting the hell away from that situation, right? 
I think you're spot on, Scotty. And I think, Shuban, your point about him, his ceiling being that high, I, I that's the part that I think breaks my heart because I feel like in another three years, if Bergvine were still around this club and maybe by that time the Conte system has gone gone out to pasture because he's moved on and and, and maybe we've won a Champions League and, and two league titles by then uh, without Bergvine, maybe he would be able to come back in into a different system and fit better. But it just doesn't seem like it's going to work. He may be one for down the road that we can revisit, but... In this system right now, it just doesn't seem like it's a fit, which is unfortunate because I do think his ceiling is just that high. I think he can be a you know a really really good player down the road. It's just well, not I say, it's not it's not it's not like a Pog situation where you think because I think Pogba situation was back in 2012 was that Riley basically Riley said to Bergson, I need you to guarantee my guy minutes, otherwise he won't develop. I'm not saying that Bergwijn is going to we're going to end up signing him back for 100 million pounds and paying like 50 million pounds in um whatchamacallit and um fees or anything but you know agency fees but he is a player that you think he's got you know he's got technique great physicality and it's just unfortunate for him he's got so many movable objects i mean i think the one thing you can say against him is that it's not that he hasn't had the chances i mean like he's in training and kulishevsky has come in literally in what less than three months and absolutely just made that position where he actually worked where I think he was starting that position under Jose, wasn't he? He was starting as a right wing forward in the 4-3-3. And he has basically has made that position his to, to lose, basically. This is my position. So he's had his chances. You know, he, you know he, it's on table. We don't see these guys in training. We just see these guys. We see Lucas and he'll he'll come on and lose the ball. And then we're like, oh, Lucas, Lucas, why do we pick him instead of CDB? But we don't see what um, Conte sees. And we don't have that detail that Conte wants that clearly Lucas is giving him. Yeah, it's true. Well, look, guys, that's going to do it for us. Um, this has been a fun one. We, 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 we kind of had a little bit of a transfer pod only because Spurs made it possible for us to have a little bit of a transfer pod. There will be more transfer discussion in the coming weeks and months uh, for sure. Uh, because that's what's going to happen. We know it's going to be a big summer for Spurs, but follow us at Tottenham Depot on your social media platforms of choice. Todd had a dip, but he's at TC underscore Kasho. Scott is at DSM Spurs. Shuban's at The Real Shuban. Caroline is at CG Stefko. I am at A Stetka. Uh, follow us all there. Follow us at Tottenham Depot. Leave us a rating and review on your podcasting app of choice. Until next week, we will talk to you again here on the Tottenham Depot. As always, come on, you Spurs. Thank you so much for stopping by the Tottenham Depot. Thanks to Scott Bird for our intro music, as well as the tunes you are hearing right now. Thanks to Dakota Booth for our artwork. Thank you as well to our spouses who put up with our obsession with this football club and for all that they do. And thanks to you, the listener, who really makes this happen. Supporters make this club, and you, the listener, are what make this podcast possible. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Tottenham Depot, and as always, come on, you Spurs.